Welcome back to another market update brought to you by the team at Mercado.com.au. These updates are designed to give you a short sharp summary of what is happening in the agricultural markets in Australia. If you enjoy these updates, uh, please feel free to uh, put a like or give us a rating on your favourite uh, podcast provider. Uh, if you think that other people around you will be interested in listening to it, uh, please pass it on to your friends, family and colleagues. Uh, today, it will just be myself and Olivia. I'll be talking about grains and Olivia will be talking about the wool market and its uh, pretty shocking uh, performance of late. Uh, so I'll just start off, go straight into grains. It's been another sort of uh, period of bad news. Uh, bad news in terms of the Bureau has said that uh, things are going to be looking pretty dire over the next couple of months, right up until December. Uh, they're looking, uh, it's looking pretty bad for the East Coast especially. And that's going to impact obviously on their uh, winter winter crops, which you know largely if we look at New South Wales and Queensland, it's probably the final nail in the cotton uh, coffin. Sorry, uh, for those uh, states, uh, but also it's going to make things a little bit dicey for the uh, the coming summer crop. Will they get enough moisture to make it worthwhile sticking some sorghum in? Uh, I've just spent the last uh, couple of days in uh, Western Australia at the Durham Field Days. Uh, we took a short drive around and the crop there, you know, is looking a little bit probably behind where it should be, uh, the cereal crop. Uh, but it still has some potential and there is some rain that's uh, got uh, inundated parts of the state uh, overnight and a bit more to come over the weekend. So that will just give it enough to keep it going. But I did notice that the canola crops were looking extremely patchy in the drive that we took. Uh, and if that's uh, if that pattern is replicated across the whole state, it doesn't look uh, particularly attractive. So in terms of what's happening in the market, uh, we've actually seen CBOT starting to fall back down. And uh, we're seeing... Uh, Levels getting uh, really quite quite low and uh, almost to the levels of uh, being contract lows now. Uh, so we saw now we can see that December uh, December futures on Chicago are around about $257 uh, a ton, which is probably about the same as this time last week, uh, but down from uh, close to close to $300 uh, a ton in the, the middle of June. Uh, but on the other side, uh, that's on the global market really. But on the local market, we've seen ASX uh, go from about 325 uh, last week. Now it's uh, trading uh, around about 342 uh, and a little bit upwards of there potentially uh, by the close of play today. So it looks like the uh, the concerns locally are outweighing the uh, you know the positive outlook uh, around the rest of the world. Uh, one thing I did notice as well today is that that uh, Kansas-Chicago spread is still extremely wide. Uh, so if we look at, for instance, I was looking at uh, July next year, uh, Kansas futures are around about 236 Aussie dollars per ton, whereas there's a $25 spread to CBOT, which is uh, currently trading at uh, 261 Aussie dollar for next July. So it may offer uh, you know, some... Uh, some hedging opportunities there to take the Kansas if you're a, if you're a consumer, or it may have uh, some you know, speculative value uh, to see whether that Kansas comes back to join uh, join Seabot. Alternatively, whether Seabot uh, falls to to meet uh, Kansas. Uh, all in all, the big focus is now going to be you know do we get that rainfall we need to get this uh, this crop to at least 
you know, not drop any more yield potential. So it's uh, eyes on the sky, and uh, hopefully we we'll get some rain this weekend and uh, and the following week where we need it most. And I'm going to pass you off to Olivia, who will cover off on wool. Thanks, Andrew. And we've had another shocker of a week for those that are selling wool. The Eastern Market Indicator lost 22% over the last four weeks to hit levels that it hasn't seen since December 2016. And converting the EMI into US dollars, it's pushed past its support levels to a price point that we haven't seen in over three years. Uh, we've heard that there wasn't really any buyer interest in any types of wool this week, but despite the magnitude of the falls that we've seen over such a short time frame, there really hasn't been any sense of a base in the market. Now, I spoke a few weeks ago about how the falls we've seen in this price cycle were looking similar to the downturn that we saw in 2011 and 2012, and that's still ringing true now. The timing of the current fall in prices is still matching up to that downturn that we saw in 2011. Even though the August price falls have been extraordinarily steep, the overall price fall has only just run ahead of what we saw in 2011 in recent weeks. Now that's a real concern when the high passing rates we've seen at the moment as well as limited supply and the softer Australian dollar still isn't managing to draw out any significant buyer interest. So there was another announcement earlier in the week from Trump that they were going to increase the tariffs on Chinese imports again and that really seems to have been the driver in the falls again this week. The market's really sensitive to any new information now on the trade tensions and Chinese processors aren't looking to buy in while there's so much uncertainty. There are further US-Chinese um, face-to-face negotiations scheduled for September, so hopefully those outcomes will no doubt see another reaction in the wool market, but some more positive news next time. Thanks, Olivia. It's definitely been a torrid time in the wool market, and uh, these falls are just exceptional. I think that one interesting thing about the wool market is there's been a number of calls for uh, for a uh, effectively a limit up, limit down on the auction system, so that if the market falls too much, that uh, the market is uh, closed or it gets closed down to 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 stymie any potential falls. I don't really see uh, how that would have a huge impact on things because this is really it's really a supply driven issue. If if there was loads of supply, I could see how that would uh, you know potentially a, a limit down would 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 force the market to potentially correct itself or at least slow down any uh, any uh, sort of uh, changing price. But the reality is we, if we're talking about an environment just now where it's a demand-driven issue, not a supply issue at the moment. You know, the passing rate and the number of bales uh, put to auction is uh, extremely low. So it's supply is not there, yet price is not staying up, which then, you know, supply and demand economics will tell you, well, it's demand that is the issue. It's demand that is not uh, driving the price. So if all, all, you know, a limit down would do in this case is, you know, slow down the you know the eventual you know market equilibrium process. So I think it's it's a bit of a furphy in my view to to call for a, a limit down or limit up. I don't think it would really make you know a huge difference. Uh, it would just stop people who do want to sell to to be able to to be able to sell. And um, it's, it's just you know we just need to hope that uh, that demand picks up. Uh, otherwise, uh, it will be uh, exacerbated and continue for for some time to come. So I hope you enjoyed this update. Uh, I hope you all have a good weekend. Um, 
thanks very much for listening. And again, please share this with your friends and family. Bye-bye.